You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Step onto the sexy streets of animal attraction that is New York City. Welcome to Pets in the City, Life in the Urban Jungle. Join host Diane West as she explores the exciting lives, loves, and laments of the people and pets in the world's greatest city. Pets in the City, like the city itself, has something for everyone. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So get ready to get dressed to the canines and take a bite out of the Big Apple with your Pets in the City host, Diane West. Hello, all you cyber cats, kittens, canines, and critters under all creation. This is Diane West coming at you once again from the greatest city in the world, hands down, and that would be New York City. What another episode of Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. Well, as you can imagine, New York City, not only being the greatest city, is also one of the largest and most eclectic cities in the world. And With all the animals and people that we have here, we need someone to keep them safe. We need a lot of someones to keep them safe. But one of them uh, I happen to have the honor of having on uh, our show today is Officer Joe Pentangelo, who is the Assistant Director of Humane Law Enforcement for the ASPCA right here in New York. You may know Officer Joe Pentangelo, who is Assistant Director of Humane Law Enforcement for the ASPCA from Animal Precinct, where he appeared with his partner, Amory Lucas, on Animal Planet. And you can still see that show once a week. And I am talking with Joe today about some of the work that he does and some of the more notorious things that you may have heard of in the news recently and, and what his take is on that in terms of animal cruelty and why why people do some of these awful things that they do. So welcome to our show, Officer Pentangelo. Well, thank you. There to get the word out. Well, now you now right before the show, you were just telling me you're you're coming fresh off a job uh, last night in Manhattan. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, there was a uh, a case that uh, a person reported to the ASPCA, and which is the most important part. You know, animals can't speak for themselves, and it's important for people to get involved when they suspect animal cruelty, whether it's neglect or overt cruelty. But at any rate, someone called the ASPCA and said that. There was a person who had apparently fallen on hard times, uh, who was homeless, and uh, they did have uh, several animals with them, and uh, the animals appeared to be very thin, and the person suspected they may have been neglected. So uh, the ASPCA responded. Uh, It was on uh, 50th Street in Manhattan, and uh, the uh, person who was the subject admitted that... uh, uh, they were having a hard time caring for the animals and feeding the animals as a result of their hard luck. That they were homeless, and uh, it wasn't uh, a situation where it was intentional cruelty. But uh, he agreed that uh, the animals uh, would be better off uh, not sharing his problems of being homeless and being up against it financially. So mm-hmm. they were uh, taken to the ASPCA's animal hospital for uh, uh, medical. Uh, supervision, uh, blood work will be done to see if they're just thin from not eating or whether there's some other underlying medical problem. But at any rate, uh, the uh, 
public was concerned about it, the ASPCA responded like we do many times uh, and have been doing since 1866 and hopefully the animals uh, will be in a better place and so will uh, the person who's fallen on hard times. Now, um, Officer Pentangelo, have you been uh, seeing more of that since the downturn in the economy? People just, you know, who may otherwise love their animals and just not being able to care for them as much as they can? I don't think New York has seen as much. We haven't had a real uh, dramatic spike in cases like that. I think other places in the country have. I've I've, uh, been reading about and seen news reports of uh, horses being abandoned in in, uh, more rural places and... uh, uh, a spike in the amount of animals surrendered to shelters uh, in other places in the country. I, I, to answer your question, I think we've seen a little bit more, but not luckily not as much as other places in the country. Now, one interesting thing here, I, I don't know, actually, I think I've seen it like in places like San Francisco and such. I've seen a few homeless people here, or allegedly homeless, let's say, but I will take the benefit of the doubt that they're homeless, that seem to do have animals with them. I mean, now that's not necessarily a case where you guys would come in and take the animal if you saw a homeless person with the animal, no, right? I- Okay. No, I mean people. You know, people are entitled to uh, have pets as long as the pets uh, aren't suffering and, and aren't negatively impacted. You know, the people do have the the same rights. The only time the ASPCA would get involved if it's an issue of uh, animal cruelty. So, right. uh, if someone were panhandling with a with an animal, for instance, as long as the animal were well, were well cared for, it's really not something that the ASPCA is uh, able to make a decision about uh, legally. We've had people who lived in automobiles and people who were down on their luck uh, for various reasons and take their animals with them, but still manage to provide food, water, and shelter for their animals. And it's really not a situation where we can make a judgment and and, and uh, judge other people by uh, what other standards may be. So as long as you are providing uh, food, water, uh, medical attention, shelter for your animal, whether you're... Uh, uh, whatever your uh, situation is, it, it's, as long as it's not a situation where the animal is suffering for it, it's really not something uh, the ASPCA gets involved in. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you that, because I know you must have some people that, that call you who are obviously, you know, I'm going to say very well-intentioned, but perhaps a little bit, um, shall we say, overzealous to call and report a, a case of animal cruelty. So, I, I mean, I was wondering if you could perhaps give our listeners a checklist or, you know, a mini checklist of things that they look for if they suspect an animal is in need of uh, intervention. Well, one of the things is, is if you see an animal uh, that's uh, thin, an animal that's uh, uh, Ribs are, in, in, in the case of uh, most four-legged animals, ribs are showing, and uh, you can see the uh, bony uh, parts of the uh, spine, the ridges on the animal's uh, uh, back, uh, discharge coming from an animal's eyes, uh, limping. Those are all signs of uh, pretty much uh, what could be either neglect in the form of not being fed or having been abused or having a medical condition that renders the animal in need of medical intervention. Naturally, animals, uh, sometimes uh, their, their coats suffer as a result of uh, uh, dietary lacking or some other problem. Uh, so if you see an animal that has patches of uh, missing hair or uh, animals that need immediate intervention like uh, uh, pets that are uh, locked in a car, 
with the windows closed and uh, it's uh, temperatures are extreme or an animal outside with no shelter. There is a shelter law in New York, even if the animal hasn't suffered from not having shelter. If there is no shelter and the pet is kept outside, that's a violation of the law that the ASPCA is, uh, is uh, happy to address. So uh, if you think you see something, uh, I just want to say, if you think you see something, report it. You could either report it to the ASPCA or, or to the police or to 311. But uh, one thing I don't want people to do is be overly cautious and regret having not made a report, uh, you know, be, because they're worried about uh, they, they may not have all the elements they need for cruelty. Because I'd rather go out to a, a, a case where it's a, a well-intentioned person has made a mistake and we find out it is indeed not a case. I'd rather have that than an animal suffer because somebody was hesitant to call. Right. You know, right. Uh, but but it is important for people to get involved. But those are the things you should look for. Uh, th those are the, the the weather vane or the smoking gun that usually indicates there's some sort of a problem, either a, a problem where the animal's not being fed or hydrated, or they have a, an underlying medical problem. We've had cases where uh, one of them was featured on Animal Precinct, where uh, someone called up and alleged that a, a dog was being starved. The dog looked like a uh, a walking skeleton with just skin draped o over the pet, and it was a Dalmatian, and the dog looked terrible. And uh, we, felt we we seized the dog, uh, which is our right to do, and uh, eventually medical tests were done by the ASPCA, and the pet was returned to the owner. The dog was suffering from a long-standing medical condition, and uh, uh, it was not the fault of the owner. Indeed, the, the, the pet's owner had, had spent thousands on the dog's welfare. But that's mm. a case where somebody got involved, you know, I don't want to say that they should have minded their own business because what if this had been a case like so many other cases where the animal was actually suffering and, and uh, 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 at the hands of somebody's uh, neglect? So mm -hmm. it's important for people to get involved, but I do appreciate what you're saying. Sometimes people have pets and raise them to, to a certain standard and they think that like children or, or anything else you do, uh, you think that everybody should conduct themselves that way. And, not everybody does. What's legal or what has to be provided in New York State is food, water, and shelter and, and uh, um, veterinary attention for the pet. A lot of people think your pet should be walked or quality of life issues like the, there should be uh, human contact and physical contact. And those are all good things I've, uh, for a pet to have. However, they're not legally mandated. You mm. can have a dog that uh, doesn't necessarily or a cat that doesn't necessarily have those quality of life issues but as long as those core elements are being met those are the ones addressed by the law and that's food water uh, shelter and medical attention right and, and I mean as you say you know perhaps this is not something that we would uh, you know do with our own animal a bit too much but you know the minimum that the pet needs is food water and shelter and I mean it's interesting when you talk about the Dalmatian episode I, I think I remember seeing that so I mean and that goes back to your point of you know reporting it even if you know, something ultimately doesn't turn out to be a clear-cut case of neglect because it sounds like in this case, at least you guys were able to take the animal and, you know, kind of get to the bottom of the underlying condition. And I guess, was he eventually returned to the owner after that was addressed? Absolutely. Within the week, yeah. uh, uh, it was a Queen's case. The pet was returned to the owner. And it was a sad case because the the dog didn't live much longer uh, because of this disease. But 
the fact of the matter is somebody got involved and, you know, you can report, uh, at least to the ASPCA when you report that type of condition, you can remain anonymous. You don't have to give your name if you're worried about uh, alienating your neighbors or somebody you know. Uh, you can remain anonymous and uh, without people getting involved, the animals would, would have no voice at all. And I'd rather go out to 100 cases that were unfounded, you know, uh, that, that people were well-intentioned but just made a mistake then, then know that an animal suffered because somebody was kind of shy or wasn't sure that they should report it. Right. But, okay, and Joe, we're going to talk some more about that and uh, real overt cases where there has been abuse. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of the one that made nationwide news, uh, the kitten that uh, was put in the oven. And we'll uh, talk more to Officer Pentangelo about that really disturbing case when we come back from a break. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? 
Well, again, as you're hearing, Officer Pentangelo is very passionate about protecting the animals here in New York City. And as he said, he, you know, don't be shy if you think that there are some red flags that you're seeing, which, you know, he told us uh, that you see a very thin animal, you know, or someone not being provided shelter. Give uh, 311 a call or give the ASPCA a call, you know, just to be safe. And look, worst comes to worst, they'll come check it out. And maybe if the owner needs some help properly caring for the pet, uh, at the very least, that'll happen. But um, we're going to talk a little bit more to Officer Pentangelo about some of the really more dramatic and uh, awful cases that we've been hearing in the news recently. I know a lot of our readers and listeners, Joe, have been asking us about what in the world, and that perhaps that's some of the milder language I've heard, was happening with this girl that put a kitten in the oven. What happened? It's a a, a Brooklyn case, and uh, some of the details I can't go into because it's still pro juris. It's going to go, it's scheduled to go before a grand jury in uh, July. Okay. So it's a a terrible case. It was a two month old kitten named uh, Tiger Lily that was uh, apparently what's reported to be part of a prank was put in uh, in a, a, an oven, and the oven was uh, set to uh, 500 degrees, and the cat was, kitten really, was left in the oven. Uh, the fire, New York City Fire Department responded because of a, uh, a smoke condition. And, uh, I'm sorry, it's a Brooklyn, it's a Bronx case, not a Brooklyn case. It's a Bronx case. But the fire department responded to the apartment in the Bronx because of a smoke condition. And sadly, what was smoking was, uh, was Tiger Lily. The cat was... Uh, burned to death in the oven. Uh, the, the two suspects at that time had uh, left the scene and uh, in tandem with uh, killing uh, Tiger Lily that way, the uh, apartment was wrecked. Again, uh, as what's reported to be a prank, uh, the uh, couches were, were uh, wrecked, the uh, furniture was ripped and uh, bleach was thrown about the apartment, a variety of things were done. I don't know. It's not my idea of a prank, but uh, that's how it was characterized. And uh, so initially, the fire department called the ASPCA, and the ASPCA Humane Law Enforcement began an investigation. And uh, a short time later, uh, that ha- the crime happened in May. A short time later, uh, the uh, first suspect was arrested. She was a 17-year-old, and uh, she was arrested and charged with uh, a variety of crimes, not only the animal cruelty, felony animal cruelty, but uh, also charged with burglary and uh, arson and uh, criminal mischief for all the other crimes that, that occurred. Uh, it, the burglary charge was because it was the apartment of another person that they had entered illegally to uh, uh, do this destruction and cruelty to the cat. And then um, I guess it was last week or the week before, the other person, a 14-year-old, who had acted in concert with a 17-year-old doing these acts, uh, was arrested. She was uh, already in a, um, a juvenile detention facility for an unrelated matter. Uh, she was taken out of that uh, facility and arrested by the ASPCA for her uh, her uh, conduct in the uh, killing of uh, Tiger Lily and the other destructive things, the burglary. So, you know, people ask me all the time, and I, and I know there was a firestorm of... Uh, of uh, of attention to this case, and people were, were justifiably outraged. 
uh, about it. There was television coverage and, and everything, and newspaper coverage, and people ask, always arrive or, or wind up back to the point of why why people do this. And uh, I, I've been doing this more than a little while, and uh, I always say the same thing. I don't know why, and uh, it, it's almost comforting to not be able to arrive at a conclusion of why they do it because it's almost if you can find out why it almost seems like it's a logical conclusion and there's nothing logical about it if you want to get to that point I, I don't know how a reasonable sequence of events can bring you to that point any reasoning process so I don't know why they do it I know it's a, it's a, something that the ASPCA has been fighting since 1866 and will continue to do so as long as we can uh, we have uh, 21 arrests this year uh, in New York City uh, Seventy animals have been brought to our hospital for different reasons by uh, humane law enforcement. So we continue to fight the fight, and as long as people report these things and, and get involved, it's great that animals have uh, these allies. They're part of our lives, and, and people do find them important, and I think that's what the, the outrage is, that uh, people look at their own pets. It's very much the same dynamic as uh, either ch child abuse or elder abuse. They're weaker members of a household that fall prey to people who have a bullying mentality, I guess. I don't, I don't know how else to characterize it. but uh, You know, one of the, you know, obviously that, you know, the, the poor, just the thought of the poor animal really being cooked alive it was really just a horrifying thought to me. But, you know, then my thoughts uh, turned to just how young these perpetrators were. I mean, you know, 17 years old, and now, you know, I didn't know about the 14-year-old. I, I mean, it, it just, and, and she was, or he was already serving time, as you said, in, in, in juvie. Right. I, I just really frightens me about what kind of background these, I mean, you know, I don't know if I'm drawing the wrong conclusion, but it, it almost sounds like, a lot of people who feel like they have been bullied look for somebody or something else to bully. I, I don't know if that's true in every case, but, you know, I, well, I know. I know, I know that in, in the case of the 17-year-old, she has a, uh, a criminal history and she was uh, on probation for uh, a crime. What, what, what was reported was it was in the Bronx and a person was uh, robbed at uh, gunpoint of, uh, they, they had a Yorkie, they had a dog that they were walking and, uh, the uh, uh, suspect, the 17-year-old, this was a, a separate event, was involved in um, that robbery. The person was robbed of their dog at gunpoint. And then uh, the person whose dog it was that was robbed had put up a $500 reward for the return of the dog. Mm -hmm. And uh, the person she was involved in then returning to that person and collecting the reward for giving back the dog that she had been involved in uh, robbing him of. So, so she... Basically kidnapped the dog at gunpoint. Stole it, yeah. <laughs> there was some other crimes. So this so, wasn't her uh, first incident with, you know, with the brush with the law. So that's, uh, I mean, yeah. No, neither one of them uh, was new to the system. And that's a, it's a sad thing. You know, there's no satisfaction. It's not like the animal, the, uh, the pet. The tiger lily can be uh, uh, rehabilitated, and you know the, those are the stories we we really embrace. Are the ones where an animal is taken out of an abusive situation and medically and behaviorally uh, fixed or, or or made adoptable, and then the animal leads. A, there are stories like that, and they're great, but that's not the case in this one. This animal died a horrific death, and and uh, there's there's no winners in this. But I I think. It does cry out for justice, and uh, it has to be uh, uh, 
people can't think they can get away with this. And no. I, I have had people say that to me that, oh, it's just an animal or look at me and say incredulously, I can't believe I'm getting locked up for because I did this to a dog or a cat or whatever animal. And uh, my response is always believe it <laughs> because mm -hmm. there's, uh, nobody's going to wake you up and this was all just a dream. It is a serious matter and the ASPCA takes it seriously and there are serious consequences for it. It's a felony uh, in some cases to abuse an animal. And I, I remember one time you, you and I were talking about how the law can work in very interesting ways to protect an animal from an, an abuser. Remember you and I were talking about the incident about um, the, what was it, the woman's cat and then her boyfriend came to live back with them or, or something? Remember we were talking about that a, a few months ago? Remind me again, because it was a couple of cases, like in some cases the animals are treated as property right, by the right. law. Uh, and it'll be a, uh, and some people, you know, cringe when you say that. But sometimes mm -hmm. the law does work in, in, in favor of the animal in that case. Like, for instance, it may be a misdemeanor case of, of animal cruelty. It may be. But in some cases, depending on the value of the pet, you can prosecute or charge the person w with um, a felony at, for, for the property crime, for mm -hmm. criminal mischief as a felony, if, if, they, if they're worth uh, a certain amount of money. So... As distasteful as it may be to look at animals as property, sometimes it does work out that it's it's the more serious offense. And in those cases, if that's the if that's the deck of cards, that, if those are the cards we're dealt, we'll we'll play those cards because you may have a misdemeanor case of animal cruelty, but that may be compounded with a felony for the burglary, you know, of entering an apartment or a, a dwelling, or you may have a felony of of criminal mischief. If, let's say the cat were worth two thousand dollars or three thousand dollars and the cat were harmed, or the dog, or, or any pet that's worth that much. You know, you may have, I, I understand some parrots are worth a fortune. Mm -hmm, uh, yep. <laughs> if you, you may have criminal mischief there that rises to the level of a felony. Mm -hmm. So if that's, if that's what, what you have to hit your wagon to, for lack of a better analogy, uh, to get the more serious uh, sentence out of, I, I'm all for it. And I, I know uh, conversations I've had with people where you, you say, well, you know, if you treat the animal as property, we can do this. They cringe. But like I said, you know, sometimes it works to the advantage of the animal and, and, and I think in the interest of justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. So in those cases, I, I guess what I'm hearing from you is, you know, you kind of have to put aside, you know, the debate between, oh, it's a companion, it's a member of the family. And, you know, if, if the end result is going to be this person doing more time, you know, you have to kind of work within the confines right. of the law. So, you know, and see, you know. And make the law work, work for you. You know, these are the ingredients you have, and 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 try to make the best that you can out of it. And sometimes it does work out for the what I think is is the best in that a, a more serious offense is looked at, more serious time is looked at, okay, mm -hmm. by by uh, the prosecutor's office. Now, Officer Pentangelo, just one more thing along this line of, of talk. Is it so that now in New York City, at least in perhaps the state, if a person gets an order of protection against somebody who may be doing violence or threatening violence against them, that that order of protection can also extend to their companion animal as well? Yes, 
That is true. Uh, I believe the uh, person, it was a Manhattan politician, I, I believe, if she's listening, she's going to go crazy on me, but uh, <laughs> uh, Rosenthal uh, was an assemblywoman, I believe, named uh, Rosenthal, who, who wrote that. And uh, mm. the ASPCA had a case in Queens where there was a gentleman who had had a disagreement with uh, someone he lived with, and uh, he was assaulted by that person. And so was uh, BB. That was the dog that was assaulted. So the ASPCA got involved and uh, made the arrest for um, animal cruelty for BB being assaulted. And when the Queens District Attorney's Office wrote up the case, BB was afforded an order of protection as well mm. as the pet pet's owner. And that made worldwide news. The, the case, uh, the dog's name was BB, mm. and uh, it was a huge case. It was several years ago, but uh, it was the first case. In the world, I believe, but I know in the in uh, New York, uh, wherein a pet was afforded uh, that uh, protection, and it's been done several times. It's it, after that, I, I guess people realized they could do it. It became the law of the land, and and uh, it's a very useful tool because people want you know if they have a dispute with somebody or if they're of that mind where they want to scare you or do violence to a person, they also sometimes strike out at what's dear to that person. Pets are very dear to people. So, unfortunately, very often pets find themselves in the middle of uh, these matters. There was a case in uh, Brooklyn that the New York City Police Department prosecuted recently. They made an arrest last week where a gentleman, I, I believe, uh, it was a domestic violence uh, case, and uh, he flushed a family pet uh, down the toilet. Oh, my God. As, as, as part of this dispute that he was having or what, what, whatever was uh, uh, upsetting, I guess he wanted to intimidate the members of the household. And one of the crimes he committed was aggravated animal cruelty by f uh, flushing the uh, pet in the, in, down the toilet. And mm -hmm. the New York City Police Department arrested him and charged him, along with the other charges, with uh, aggravated animal cruelty for flushing the pet down the toilet. That's why the order of protection is so important, because these yeah. animals find themselves in the middle of this. They're not always the main target, but sometimes they're uh, collateral damage, as it were. And they're not part of whatever drama is going on in the relationship, the pet shouldn't be part of it. I mean, it sounds, you know, not to, I'm, I'm going to get killed for this, but, but it, it's not unlike, you know, a, a child being caught in the middle of, of some kind of dispute between adults and, you know, and it's just very sad, but it's... it's right, there's a tug of war going on, and sometimes, like I say, I want to strike, uh, if I really want to get to somebody, and I know, you know, you, you may have a, a, a book collection that's uh, really dear to you, so in order for, to hurt you, I may burn your book collection. If you mm -hmm. have a pet that's really dear to you, I may harm the pet just to get at you. Right. And, uh, this is not an inanimate object. This is a, a, a living thing that has no place in this dispute. You know, uh, people should be mature enough to work these things out themselves and certainly not get other living things involved. Now, uh, Officer Pintangel, I know, I know one of your more rewarding parts of the job is to be able to come into a situation and have it, you know, for lack of a better term, have a happy ending. Is there one in particular that you can describe to us that really kind of stays with you and, and when it's a particularly hard day, you, you kind of keep it in your mind and it keeps you going? Well, there's a, there's a lot of good ones. I mean, it is sort of a, a selfish pleasure. You know, you, you, when you look at an animal that's been rehabilitated, and uh, uh, that's the main thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was a case in uh, Queens that was a chow that uh, had had an embedded collar. And uh, the collar apparently had been put on the dog 
when the dog was smaller, uh, younger, and uh, then the dog was neglected. So the dog literally grew around the collar. The dog's flesh and muscle had it's grown a, it's around the collar. Did the person that as the dog grew, they you know probably should get a larger collar? Well, maybe maybe it occurred to them uh, after they were arrested and prosecuted for it. I, I don't know, but it certainly was neglect of the highest order, and because of it. Uh, the dog was uh, uh, severely compromised. Uh, yeah. Muscle. Uh, if, if we had pictures that were in the Daily News of the before uh, photographs of the dog and the pet. You know how a chow's face looks. It was like a picture of two different chows. One side of the face was normal, and the other side of the face was uh, affected by uh, uh, just uh, certain muscles of atrophy. Had atrophied, I think, and everything. It's a terrible case. At any rate, the the, the dog was unable to bark because of the collar digging into uh, his throat, the windpipe, and the uh, pet owner had... animal can even breathe, my God. Uh, yeah, and I don't know how long the collar had been left on, but certainly imagine, uh, you know, putting on a, uh, a belt when you're uh, five years old and then leaving that belt on until the time you're 20, you know, <laughs> without adjustment. I mean, it's an amazing thing. I, like I know said, in my case, so I'd simple. probably be cut in half, so... <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's just an amazing thing. It, it's neglect. It's like if you looked up neglect in the dictionary, this would be illustrative of it. You know, how do you not see this dog's collar, and how do you not see the residual problems that the collar not being adjusted or taken off caused? But at any rate, that dog was uh, the person was arrested by the ASPCA, and the dog was taken in after several surgeries uh, because the dog had literally grown around the collar. After several surgeries to address that, uh, the dog was uh, adopted and uh, lives with uh, somebody who's apparently uh, uh, saw the dog's uh, plight in the Daily News and uh, uh, renamed the dog. The dog was named Lumpy, I guess, uh, by the uh, owner because of the misshapen face the dog had, which was a result of this neglect. Uh, again, rate, yet another sign that there's something wrong with right. this dog. You know, imagine naming your animal punching bag because you hit him a lot. You know, it's, it's just, a, it's, it, it really is an amazing thing. But at any rate, um, uh, that person was prosecuted, by the way, and convicted. But at any rate, that dog was uh, adopted. And I saw, you know, after photographs a year later, uh, the dog lived in, in this idyllic place in, uh, in uh, I believe it was either Delaware or Maryland. They had, uh, the family had seen the dog in the paper and uh, was uh, upset and wanted to do what they could to help him. So they transported this dog and adopted him and transported him to this great place where he lives. And it's it, that's one of those cases where you think about, and it is rare. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to make that uh, you know say that that's illustrative of, of all our cases, but it is a great thing to know. It may seem like nothing, you know, what's going on in the world and uh, nuclear threats and all this other stuff, but to empirically affect that dog's life that way is just, uh, it's an amazing thing. You know, so few things in life work out that way. And, uh, you know, had the dog just died and uh, something like that, you know, who would have known anyway? I mean, we, we've had cases where we got a report of a dog one time, and again in Queens, of a dog that had been starved to death. And when we arrived there... The person was around the corner burying the dog uh, oh, my God. to try to avoid detection. And the ASPCA officers saw them try, burying the dog, uh, covering it with trash and burying it in a hole. But that didn't happen in this case. You know, This is one of those cases where it really worked out and it made a difference. It made all the difference in the world to that dog. And this family probably 
benefited as much as the dog did, you know, get, get, having that feeling of doing that much. So, in the scheme of things, it may seem like nothing, but I'm sure it's a lumpy. It, it, it meant a lot. You know what? You know what? Each of us can only take care of our corner of the world, you know, and hopefully in the larger vision of things. I mean, I really honestly believe, you know, so you were able to intervene and save uh, Lumpy's life, and then he was able to go on to live a good life, and I'm sure bringing a lot of joy to the family that he's with now. So yeah, they, they put him on. I, I saw it. They put him on their Christmas cards. Uh, you know, it, it's, he's so you know, it, it disseminates. You know, he brings joy to other people now. Yeah. So the, you know, the guy, the guy that was locked up was uh, uh, I still remember his name, his last name, but uh, mm-hmm. it was carried in the Newsday and the, New, the Daily News, and uh, the picture was, I think, the thing that drove people because it was uh, really an, an obscene how how the dog's face had become misshapen. You know, but. That was it. But that's one you could put in the wind column. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> all, all, all around, except for the suspect, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't care too much about it. Although, you know, he, he may have learned, he may have won because he may have learned something, you know, at the yeah. very least. If you, if you don't think you're a good pet owner, don't get pets, you know. Yeah, to say the least, I definitely say in his case that would be true. <laughs> oh my goodness! But um, so, Officer Pentangelo, um, I really want to thank you for uh, visiting with us today. And again, if someone actually assesses that they see some of the red flags that you spoke of earlier, what's the best way to get in touch with you or one of your colleagues who might be uh, able if to? They're, if they're in New York uh, City, they can call the ASPCA toll free. And it's one eight seven seven V T H E A S P C A. I know there's an extra digit on there. Don't worry about it. It'll go through. <laughs> so it's one eight seven seven V A S P C A. Okay. And that's a hotline. It's uh, manned from uh, Monday through Saturday, from seven a.m. to uh, six p.m. And uh, there's another number that people can call. It's the ASPCA's Animal Cruelty Hotline. It's uh, 212-876-7700, and the extension is 4450. And again, people can uh, elect to remain anonymous, or they can leave their name. But uh, also, you can call the police. If you live outside of New York, you could uh, try to access your local SPCA or Humane Society, or call the police. Again, it is a, animal cruelty is a crime in all 50 states. What I wanted to also ask you is, what is the important information that someone should have on hand when they call you? Is it like a minimum amount of information that's helpful to you? The, the most important thing is a location, like the backyard of, with an address, or uh, uh, very often an address isn't enough, especially in New York City, because you have multiple uh, unit apartments. Right. Uh, and you may have a uh, hundred families or a hundred apartments in one building. So it's good to try to get as much, like any other crime, just think of it as any other crime. Think of it uh, that, that you were reporting any other crime because it is a crime. And again, the more information you have, the better. So if you have a, uh, an automobile that uh, an animal is trapped in or an automobile that struck a, 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 a pet, 
and then left the scene. The color of the vehicle, the direction they were going, the, the, the plate number. I'm not trying to turn people into junior detectives, you know, but a, a, as much information as possible is mm -hmm. what's important. Sometimes people are excited, and, and I understand that, and they'll, you know, they get frustrated when, when our, uh, our uh, operators are asking them these questions, but they're, they're not asking them to harass you. They're asking, them, they're asking you these questions because we want to get to the right place right. as fast as possible. There's a guy down there on Third Avenue doing this really doesn't doesn't cut it. I understand right. that you know people are well intentioned, but even if it's an intersection, uh, that that's something. You mm -hmm. know, it'd be much better off to say the northwest corner of of this intersection. But whatever specifics about the uh, the, the crime and the animal itself, and sometimes people are frustrated. They they call us and. Um, I, I think they're, they're frustrated about other animal issues. You know, their neighbor's dog maybe doesn't stop barking, maybe has separation anxiety or something. What the ASPCA does and is happy to do is, is investigate animal cruelty. But there are other animal issues like canine waste and things like that that are the purview of uh, city agencies. Right. The ASPCA is not a city agency. A lot of people are confused about that. We don't get any government funding. Uh, it's all... Uh, 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 donation it's a it's a charity we do have the the uh, uh right and uh, uh to enforce the law but we are an, are not a governmental agency we're happy to address these issues of animal cruelty and and uh, have the public as a partner in doing that so abuse neglect cruelty Definitely call Officer Pentangelo or one of his colleagues. Poop, excessive barking, or things of that nature. Don't call Officer Pentangelo. That's something right. Well, you the, have to right. Work out. <laughs> I mean, there are there are, and, and you know, there are. I understand that they're serious issues. Sometimes yeah. they're not cruelty to animals, like I say to people, but they are cruelty to neighbors. You know, nobody right. wants to live in a, in, a, in a place that's uh, you know just unbearable because of canine waste and things like that. And there are access the right places for that by, I think, simply calling 311. But if mm -hmm. you do see animal cruelty, the ASPCA is is happy to, to, to know about it and, and address it. No, thank you for making that distinction. And thank you for being with us this morning, Officer Pentangelo. I, I, well, I thanks know for you're getting the word out. Well, I know you're always on the case and appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we could uh, check back with you every so often and see what you're doing. That would be my pleasure. Okay, thank you so much, Officer Pentangelo. All right, take care of yourself. Thanks, bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is a Pelham Bay Parkbound, six local trains. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. <gasps> on your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com.
things, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? And that'll about do it for this week's show of Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Wanted to let you know about some fun things that are happening. This weekend coming, I am going to be busy, busy, busy. But if you'd like to come by and see me, you can stop by Fido Brooklyn's annual Pup Nick. Yes, that's a Picnic with a U. And that is going to be this Friday, June 26th in the Nethermead in Prospect Park, Brooklyn. And if you'd like some more information about that, you could go to FidoBrooklyn.org. And then on Saturday, June 27th, I am going to be judging the first annual Mr. or Ms. Chihuahua pageant and that is going to be a lot of fun and that's going to be at Happy Paws down on Lafayette Street in uh, right off of uh, Houston right in the village there so please do stop by there's going to be a lot of other great summer events coming up if you'd like to know more about them you could visit the New York Tales website at www.newyorktales.com that's uh, New York Tales magazine that my other hat um, and uh, if you want to know some more about Officer Pentangelo and some of the numbers and resources that he gave us I will post them on the uh, Pet Life Radio Pets in the City site which is PetLifeRadio.com and while you're there definitely listen to some of our other colleagues including Ada Nieves who has beat a doggy and whose contest is actually the Chihuahua contest I'll be at so we're good buds Come see us both if you're in the neighborhood. That'll about do it. Diane West signing off from the greatest city in the world, New York City. Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. I thank 
producer, Mark Winter, once again for helping me sound great. And I also urge you to please look at some of our great sponsors who keep us on the air and a lot of great products and services they offer. Signing off this week and tune in next week. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.